Life Audio. Hey, friend. Thanks for listening to the Compared You Show today. Today, my guest is Christy Osborne. And we're going to talk about a topic that I haven't talked about on the show before. Christy is a sobriety coach. And she has this pretty interesting story of giving up alcohol for a variety of reasons. And I think you're going to find it really fascinating. I did. Christy has her own body image story. And today we talk about what happened as she went on a journey, not only to get sober, but a journey that taught her how to really listen to her body in a different way and connect with feelings in a deeper way than she ever had before. So even if alcohol has never been an issue in your life, I think you'll still get something great out of today's interview with Christy Osborne. Christy is in London and our interview happened on Zoom. And for some reason, my mic was kind of fuzzy, but I think you'll still get a lot out of this great interview. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Christy Osborne, welcome to the Compared to Who show. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Why don't you just start by telling us your story? Like what yeah. led you to this, <laughs> this whole yeah. line of work? Yeah. So, um, I'm a sobriety coach and obviously I landed here cause I, I struggled with, with my drinking. Um, I like, if we want to go, I won't like take us too, too far back, but I obviously started drinking in high school, kind of like every other American kid. Um, although I never really got into it because I didn't like being out of control. I tried it, didn't taste good. Wasn't really into it. Um, went on to college, joined a sorority, um, there was obviously like definitely my fair share of nights going out, but I was wanted to be a good student. I wanted to go to law school. And so I didn't ever like party too hard. Um, I studied abroad um, here in London. So I live in London, England, which is so cool um, during college. And I think like definitely that was one of the first times I saw my drinking increase a little bit just because ex- like you're, you know, you're trying to meet new people and you're kind of like an expat and all of this, all of these other things. Um, then I went on to law school and that's where I really started to like give alcohol. I, I would call my first job. Right. So it was to ease stress. Um, I also met my now husband like right at the beginning of law school. And so drinking was a big part of our kind of like romance story together. We would share bottles of wine and wine tastes and all of that stuff. Um, so it was definitely like to enhance connection, to enhance romance, and then also to ease the stress of like being a law student. Um, we also did come back to London together during law school. And then we eventually like moved over here. He got a job offer 
Um, and I w- went to work in parliament uh, after we graduated. And so it was, again, like the expat lifestyle. Everything is in a pub. You meet people in a pub. You work in pubs. <laughs> like Everything was in a pub. And then I started to have our kids. And that's when, again, like, you know, the drinking definitely increased. Um, I definitely bought into the whole mommy wine culture thing. Um, you know, like I thought that that was my reward. I thought it was my time to relax. It was definitely like the thing that I thought, um, you know, was for me at the end of the day. Um, our second, we have two kids, um, they're 13 and 11 now, but when my son um, graced us with his presence, he was premature and I suffered from really bad postpartum. And I just remember, like, <laughs> I remember at one point, like hiding wine in my in my closet from a baby nurse that was helping me because we had no family here. Um, and but didn't think of anything of it. Right. Didn't think like, let's talk about the postpartum. Just let's let's drink through it because being a mom is hard. Yeah. Um, and so. Then kind of everything was ticking along. And then in 2018, I lost my own mom and it was a very complicated relationship because we were very, very, very close and she had never had a drink in her life until I hit 26 years old. And then she started drinking and it changed her personality and it changed our dynamic. And I never knew where I stood, um, including on the day that she passed away. Like I didn't know kind of where we were. And so I drank to cope with the grief of losing her, um, of mo- like losing the mom that I loved, but then also out of anger because of what, how could she basically drink herself to death and miss out on the lives of my kids, who's, who she said she loved so much. Yeah. Um, and so it was just this like period from 2018 to 2020 where I was just like, I didn't really want to be home or if I want, if, if I was home, I had people over, um, just numbing by drinking, being out, not focusing on my family, definitely not focusing on my marriage, definitely not focusing on Jesus. Um, and so it wasn't until 2020 and it ended up being on the anniversary of her, her death. I woke up and I was just, I looked in the mirror in the bathroom and I was like, Jesus, I can't do this anymore. It wasn't like this huge rock bottom moment. Like I like to say it was like, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. I was just exhausted. I was exhausted. I knew my like marriage wasn't in a good place. I knew that like I had just had wanted the days with kids to go by as fast as they could to get to the bottle of wine. And I just knew it wasn't me. you know? And so it was just like, you know, part miracle. Well, I mean, I guess all miracle, right? Like I just, in that like moment, I didn't know what it meant. I definitely didn't think it was going to be a forever thing. Mm -hmm. I just thought like, okay, I need to take a break. Mm -hmm. I need to take a break from like drinking and see what happens. And, um, as luck would have it, (laughs) we went into lockdown, um, three weeks later and, there was no place to go and there's no no one to talk to, which I, you know, I speak to with women all the time where it went the other way, right? Like there was nothing to do. So everyone just drank. But for me, it was like, okay, I don't have to see anybody. I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to say why I'm not drinking. 
I don't have to like answer the, am I an alcoholic question? I don't have to answer that. Is this forever? Come on. You know, this is just a 30 day break, right? Like question. Um, and I just got so curious about all the things that alcohol does to your brain and to your body. And as I was on this, like that, you know, because of lockdowns and everything and just like diving into the, like anything I could get my hands on. And then of course, like the Bible reconnected with, with Jesus, like start, like just reignited my faith again. And I started feeling so much better. I started feeling so strong. And then I got, just got to a point. I don't even know. Everyone always asked me, when did it happen? But like at some point in that first, like six to eight months, I was just like, I don't ever want to do that again. And then I just realized I really want to help other people that are struggling with this. And so then I became a coach. <laughs> I love it. Well, you found freedom and you're helping other people find freedom. Awesome. That's exactly what you do too. Yeah. <laughs> we take our pain, our, you know, our issues and yeah, we turn them into a God story for other people too. I love that, Christy. Yeah. So, so your podcast is called So Jesus Drank Wine. So like, what do you do with that? What do you do when people say that? When they give you the pushback, but moderation's okay. Isn't moderation the answer? Yeah, this is the thing, right? So um, what <laughs> we're all chasing, like, well, I mean, not everybody, but like, I think the majority of people think that like, moderation is the holy grail. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that fails to completely ignore, and this is what I learned that was so mind-blowing for me, is that like alcohol is an addictive substance and mm-hmm. one drink calls for another drink. And like, we weren't designed, we weren't designed to outsmart alcohol. We weren't designed to outsmart an addictive drug. Anybody can get hooked on it. It's kind of just a matter of time. And when you start to give alcohol jobs like I did, it's very, very, very difficult. You have to be a rainbow purple unicorn or whatever to be able to kind of go back to the place of, yeah, take it or leave it. I'll just have one. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Because you've given it, you've given it a job and you're you're up against a highly addictive substance. Flesh that out a little bit more, giving it a job. I love that language. Can you spell that out more for me? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, as I said, through my, like, through my story, like I like definitely was drinking for different reasons. Right. And so this is the first thing I always do with clients is like, let's figure out your why, why are you drinking? And it's really fun and funny because we seem to all be drinking for very similar reasons as women, as mothers, as, you know, whether you're stay at home or you're working, whatever, um, it's for connection, it's for romance, it's for reward, it's for grief, it's um, to relax, it's to de-stress. Um, and so what I like to do is go through with clients and figure out if those, like, if those whys, if those jobs are really true or not. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The easiest one for me to figure out really fast was I thought that I needed red wine to sleep at night. And then I stopped drinking and I read how you know, alcohol hijacks your sleep, you're supposed to get six to seven hours of REM sleep. But when you drink, you wind up getting one or two. Mm -hmm. So while you're in bed, you might be comatose, but your brain's not properly shut off. Right. And so that's why you're so exhausted. Even if you have just one drink, it, it, it screws with your sleep. So I was like, okay, well, now I'm sleeping properly. And I know this information, I'm not going to drink to, you know, sleep again what's next, right? And so I had to go through all of those kind of reasons, all those whys, all those jobs. And the one that was the most difficult for me by far was I really believed that I needed alcohol to have fun. Mm -hmm. And that one took practice, right? It took practice of like going out with a small group of girlfriends to a restaurant and like, it was weird (laughs) and not drinking and then going, you know, to a smaller party and then a bigger party and then someone's birthday And now it's just, oh my gosh, it's the best because you get to actually talk and laugh and connect and dance and do all the things without a hangover. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I have to confess something to you. Let's do it. So I've never really been a drinker. Okay. Grew up. (laughs) Learning it was wrong. Then kind of had to wrestle through my own beliefs around alcohol as an adult. So somewhat similar path to you. I went to law school, but just for a year and then I was ready to get back to work, but I worked in politics. And so like you said, everything revolves around alcohol. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so I made it through that season. No problem. Of course, I did have the people that thought I was an alcoholic in recovery. And I'm like, dude, I'm only like 21. But made it through those situations okay, standing up to what I would say is peer pressure. You can't be here with us. You can't do this with us if you don't drink. It wasn't that big of a deal. But what I've noticed, so my husband's a pastor, I've noticed in the last 15 or so years. I feel like I get more pressure from women in the church yeah. <laughs> around drinking than yeah. I ever did when I worked yeah. on Capitol Hill. Like, the, and I worked in office school. That's men. wild. Yeah. Like the guys would give me like, oh, okay, well, you'd probably be more fun if you had a drink, but no, it's okay. Stay here with us. Like hang out. And I don't get invited to things. Because like, well, you don't drink wine, so you can't come. And so it's been fascinating for me just to watch that. It feels like there's such a, um, I don't don't even know what word to put on it, but like it's a dependency uh, even among Christian women where that is is what's going to draw us all together. And it makes me sad because this has become, I would say like a stronghold, right? Where we leave this this lie that it has to be necessary to have fun. I don't know. Like, how would you fill that out? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's why, you know, when I was, we were coming up with the name for the podcast, it was like, what have you heard like more often than not in a Bible study or at, at like a, a women's church thing, but Jesus drank wine. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's why we kind of like came up with that title, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think, I mean, we could go in so many different directions with this, right? Because the fact that like, it is like, a, like, quote unquote, allowed right in the Bible, I think that that means it takes on different meaning for different people it doesn't necessarily mean that it's what's highest and what is best for you, you know? And so, um, 
it's a real, it's a real personal relationship too. Right. And, and the problem I think, well, I think with, with society and in, in kind of on the whole is that there are one of two camps, right? It's either you're this like happy go lucky, normal drinker, everything's fine, or you're an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't until really recently, now we're talking about the alcohol use disorder spectrum. We're talking about gray area drinking. We're talking about drinking, not drinking in the wellness space. You know, before that, it was like, you're either A or B. And if right. you're B, you're going to live a life of misery and missing out. And I feel so sorry for you. And that's how what I thought too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember sitting with a margarita in Mexico some, somewhere and thinking, saying to a girlfriend, like on spring break, can you imagine what it would be like not to be able to drink? What if we, what if we were an alcoholic? How horrible would that be? Right. Yeah. And it's just, so I think from that mindset, it, it it's hard to then question like, okay, well maybe like I would, my life would just be better without it. Maybe my relationships would be better without it. Maybe my sleep would be better without it as opposed to, am I this drinker or am I this, am I this drinker? Right. Right. Yeah. What, what is the, what's the real cost and what's the real benefit? Like that makes sense to me. Um, Yeah. As I think about my people, like women listening to this show, I I love how you said that you didn't want to over drink at a younger age because of control. Right. And so control is kind of part of a lot of us that have had disordered eating, eating disorder issues, right. Control. Yeah. But what I see a lot is, I'm going to say saving calories or like redirecting calories. Like I need my alcohol. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to not eat or like eat as little as possible. And I'm going to make those, like those calories are just coming from my, my wine or or whatever drink I want to have at the end of the day. And there's obviously some health repercussions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not feeling good, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Too. Go ahead. Oh, well, I suffered with that for sure. I suffered with that for sure. I, I, I definitely struggled with disordered eating. I feel like for like a lot of years, and at the end of my drinking career, it was very much like eat as little food as possible to be able to maximize the alcohol content while also trying to like like drop massive amounts of weight Mm -hmm. and. And so, yeah, and that's it. I love, I actually, I mean, I I love the term disordered eating because now people have started to use it with drinking as well. So disordered drinking, Mm. because it just, I don't know. When I heard the word disordered drinking, I was like, oh, that makes, I like that. Like that makes sense too. And so that's, it's just a great way of saying that there's other ways of, I think, thinking about this, looking at this, labeling this. If you eat, I mean, you, no one even has to label anything, but you know what I mean? Right. But yeah, I definitely struggled with that. And I, and I talked to a lot of women that do too, because of all the reasons you have this podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it feels like, okay. So these are just like pursuits that, like you said, we're all, we all got something we're chasing. That's not Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we all are in a fight, a temptation with something, whether it's food, whether it's alcohol, whether it's weight loss. Right. Like they're like some of us are just chasing a better body <laughs> at yeah. the exemption yeah. of some of these other things. But what what have you found happened like when you stopped? Like what what replaced it? Like what what capacity did you get back? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, so much mental headspace and capacity like with just that got filled with 
peace and freedom because when you're not um, like you've never, you said you've never been a drinker, but like if you have, or you've been, you know, uh, someone that's constantly trying to moderate your drinking, that takes up so much time and headspace. And then if you're just drinking, like with no cares to the wind, like I was, then you're just, yeah, there's a lot of headspace that gets taken up from like having to be hungover and all of that stuff. So I mean, so much peace, freedom, not, not having to think about any of that. And then one of my favorite things too, is just my joy came back online. Mm. Um, because when you're drinking, you get, you get dopamine, obviously like a, a, a smack of dopamine when you have a drink, but God created us so that like, we're supposed to function at homeostasis. So when we get an artificial level of dopamine, which means higher than normal, we get another chemical called dynorphin and that's a depressant and that brings us down. And when you're a regular drinker, you've got that dynorphin just in there all the time. And I, I always joke, I felt like I was looking back. I was like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh, right? Like I was just like, nothing was really ever making me happy. The only thing I could look forward to was the glass of wine. And when that all leveled out and I was like, oh my gosh, like it's, (laughs) like everything, everything just like came back in like full color almost. Right. Like the, like beautiful, sunny days and my kids laugh and like just the everyday good Mm -hmm. stuff that God's blessed me with. I was like, Oh, I'm like, this is amazing. Like I get to find joy in this now and not just chasing this dopamine spike. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So what about the hard angle of it though? I mean, in addition to, I'd love to hear more about how like how hard it was for you just to actually say no, <laughs> or I'm yeah. not drinking. But but what about sitting with the feelings? You yeah, know, some of the stuff that you've been numbing. Can you can you fill that out a little bit more for me? Yeah, sure. I mean, I I it took me a really really long time to realize that I I had to sit with all of that with with regard to my mom um, to forgive and to process and to talk through things, obviously with family and just get to a point. And I actually, this is going to make me cry, but I actually have her Bible. And so, and she was, she was a extremely devout Christian. Like we were raised going to church. And so just having her Bible, like really helped me because I realized this is the person that she was. It wasn't the person at the end. That person was lost. I know I'm going to see her again. And all of that, that, that stuff was the stuff that like allowed me to finally heal. Right. Because it's, it's not over for us. I get to tell her all about what I'm doing now, you know? And so, um, yeah, I had to remove the alcohol to realize all that. Yeah. Yeah. I know she'd be very proud of you. (laughs) Oh, So as a sobriety coach, like how is that different than like what, what level are you working with women at? Is it the woman that's like, okay, I'm recognizing I'm an alcoholic or I know it's not that black and white. Like you said, there's a spectrum, but, yeah. but who do you, who's your target? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, this is the thing. It's gotta be a fit, right? Like I'm sure you find with the, the ladies you coach too. I'm very, very big on grace and compassion. I don't think that you have to label yourself I just want to work with someone that's open and is ready to stand in personal responsibility and wants mm-hmm. to learn and, and grow out of curiosity. Um, like I, I do not work with anybody that is physically like needs to go to a facility to okay. dry out physically dependent, <laughs> yeah. but 
as long as they're willing to talk about their alcohol use and they want to address it and they're open. Um, I love, I love to talk to, to ladies about that. Yeah. So you have a book coming. What's it about? Um, so it's love. Well, the working title, right. Is love life sober, find freedom from alcohol in 40 okay. days. And so there's, biblical truth and encouragement and practical coaching tips. And then like my own story and story of clients kind of interwoven through um, a 40 day book. Um, so I'm yeah really, really excited about it. Although I turned in the manuscript like a month ago and now I'm like, what is right? <laughs> I hear you. And then you get the edits back and you'd be like, did I write that? Really? Was that- yeah, that's, yeah. That's definitely yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my book that's coming out in December is a 40 day book as well. And let me, Oh, cool. Oh, this 40 day books are a beast. I did a 30 day that's coming out in next April, but the 40 day one. <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's, I'm it's so excited. What yeah. is it called? It's called the 40 day body image workbook. Oh, nice. Help for I Christian like women who've tried everything. Oh, good one. I like that. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely get that because I mean, again, it's really funny. Like I, when I stopped drinking and I put all the beliefs that I had about alcohol to bed, mm-hmm. I realized that the next thing I had to do was like put all the beliefs about my body to bed. Right. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. ditch weighing myself, get rid of the scale, stop dieting, all of that stuff. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually have a couple women that I'm working with right now who like we, we, we got alcohol out of the way pretty early and now we're just dealing with body. And I'm like, you know, it's, uh-huh. it's funny because I'm sure you've heard this expression, like share from your scars, not your wounds. Mm -hmm. Like, I Mm -hmm. think the body image stuff is, it's something you have to face every day because unlike alcohol, which you can remove from your life altogether, you cannot remove food and you cannot (laughs) remove mirrors. (laughs) Right. Right. Or or size tags and clothing. (laughs) Yeah. Or size tags and clothing. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, I think that's something that I don't know. Do you feel like now I'm interviewing you? Yeah. Do you feel like you're fully free? I do, but see, I think I think that's nuanced. Yeah. In fact, I yeah. just the episode that came out on the day we're recording the show is about like a little setback I had a week ago when I was yeah. with my family. And it was like all the things came flooding back. And you know, and I I feel like being free is having the resources to know what to do when you're tempted to struggle. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of how I yeah. define it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely feel like, like I don't obsess anymore. And you know, like you were saying with, with wine and with alcohol in general, like that headspace yeah. for me yeah. was headspace. Like, how am I going to make my body smaller? What do I need to do, yeah. you know, to like not eat today? <laughs> or what do I need yeah. to do to exercise yeah. more yeah. than I eat today? Like those kinds of things. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Aren't you so happy we never have to think like uh, that again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and that's one of the things in my book is like, the 40 day book that's coming out, it's, it's like, sometimes it's uncomfortable to think about having all that free yes, space yes, back, yes, right? At first yes, it's like, whoa, yeah. what do yeah. I think yeah. about if I don't think yeah. about this? Kind of like, like you said, with going out with friends, like, how do I relate if I don't relate through this? It's, it's very much the same with food and body stuff. Like, this is how women talk to each other. Like this is yeah. the conversations we have with each other. It's either about wine, right? It's yeah. about it's about getting that drink at the end of the day that you deserve, quote unquote, as a mom, or or it's about what food are we going to restrict or yeah, what new exercises we going to try. I know. Like, aren't we more interesting than that? Like, shouldn't we be? I think we are. I think we really <laughs> are. I think we really are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, so what what has happened? Just to kind of circle back, like what has happened in your relation, in your personal relationships with friends that have kind of watched you walk through this? How have they responded? Yeah, so it's been it's so funny because when the March twenty twenty when I this, you know, I was going to go on this break that I didn't know when, what, you know, if it had an end or whatever, I was standing in the shower and I was listing literally friend by friend mm-hmm. who like, I was like, okay, well, that person is probably going to be okay. We, you know, we might just have to figure out something else to do besides drinking that person. I probably will never see again this mm-hmm. person. No, I, you know, so I, I was really wrapped up in like in that for sure. Yeah. And it's so funny how God works, right? Because it wound up being like the biggest blessing of my life. He took people out. He literally, he literally took them out of England and moved, <laughs> moved them or like, just, it was wild. And I know who my people are. Um, I can count them on one hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's amazing. Um, and I don't know if they answered the question, but it it did. It changed the yeah. relationships, I think, for the better, for sure. Yeah. So pardon me if I'm going too deep here. You're good. Like, is there a sadness or was there a sadness that came with, with recognizing that, hey, our relationship was just around oh, yeah. drinking? Yes. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And it took a little bit of, of time. Um, some of them still sting. There's, there's a couple people that still like, I'll, I'll hear about something that I know I would have gotten invited to, you know, if I had still been drinking, but then I put myself in this place of, do I want to be at that dinner table? Right. And I don't because I, because of the conversations are exactly what we just said. It's about drinking and restricting and all these other things that I just feel like we are, we are more intelligent than that. Like, yeah. and we have better things to do and we're called to talk about other things. And so it's just, it's, I mean, not drinking changed my whole life. And that was one of the things, right? It just, it gave me purpose. It sorted out my priorities. Um, and so, yeah, of course, like I'm a human person, <laughs> like my yeah. feelings get still hurt, but, but the people that I truly want to spend time with, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I feel like even for women that maybe are listening today that didn't have a problem with alcohol, but were so like submerged in the dieting language, the restricting language, the exercise, when you come out of it, it's the same kind of thing. It's wait, that's something we have in common. Like all we yeah. had to talk about was weight loss or <laughs> like yeah. a new workout. Like it's so it's it's a it's a real grief, I think. Yeah. When you yeah. recognize, oh wait, that wasn't what I thought it was. There's there's something or yeah. something missing. Yeah. yeah. It's sad too because that's and that right, and then that and comparison and gossip and all of that stuff, it just it's the easy automatic connector, right? Mm-hmm. When you it's not until you like kind of do away with all that fluff that you realize that how to actually connect with someone, which is why it's so interesting that people say that alcohol helps them connect, right? Because Mm -hmm. how can you connect with someone if you're talking utter nonsense and you don't remember it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Is there some science there? Like, is it a false sense of connection? Like the dopamine hit or whatever? Like, is is there some science behind that? I'm just curious. 
character. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it turns off your ability to make memories. Like, okay. so it turns, switches off the part of your brain in the hippocampus that like stores the memories. Um, so that's part of it. And it obviously completely lowers your inhibitions. Sure. So you end up <laughs> saying things, right? And you don't, and it does stuff, you know, you, when you try to make promises to yourself about not saying things or whatever, and your prefrontal cortex, like all that goes out the window when you're drinking, you know, when you're drinking. So, so yeah, it's like, you know, I have a client right now who will go out or used to go out and then she wouldn't be able to like see the people for like weeks after because she's like, I don't, I spilled like spilled my soul, but I didn't mean to. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Um. So yeah. I don't know if that answered the question. (laughs) Okay. Last question. Cause I just foresee some people listening, thinking, but how's my husband going to respond? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, he, Chris, Chris was the first person that I told. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just said, I I just need alcohol not to be in the house, like not, not even not to be in the house. We actually didn't take it out of the house, but we just said we, you know, we wouldn't drink in the house for a little bit. Um, and he, as a result of me not drinking has cut back like immensely, mm-hmm. he will have a drink at like, we were at a wedding recently and had, he had a drink, um, but he doesn't drink at home anymore, really. But that is a massive, massive sticking point and concern for so many women that I talked to. Um, we actually did a podcast episode on it, but, um, I learned that, no one's going to take advice that they don't ask for, right? Mm. And if people don't want to change their drinking, like you cannot make them. And pe- and I had my own coach tell me this and I still tried, right? I kicked and screamed and cried and I was like, just stop altogether. Mm. Um, everybody has to go on their own journey because everybody's drinking for different reasons and everyone has to figure out those, those reasons for themselves. And so the best thing you can do is be compassionate and lead by example. It's, and it's so much easier said than done, but, um, but yeah, it's, it is a tricky one. It is tricky, especially if you're like entire relationship and bond is over alcohol, which ours was too. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So good. Um, I'll try to throw the link to that specific episode in the show okay, cool. for people yeah. to find it. Cause I know that'll be a, a big question for some. Well, Christy, it's been a delight to have you on the show today. Tell everyone Thank where they can connect with you. I'm assuming you work with clients virtually. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> tell everyone where they can connect with you and how they can connect if this is an area they want to reach out and maybe get some help in. Yeah, sure. So it's lovelifesober.com and I'm on Instagram at lovelifesober with Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y. Um, I try to offer encouraging, you know, tips and, and stuff there every single day. So that's really active on Instagram. I have lots of free resources there. I have a, um, a really short video masterclass on how to beat a wine craving on my website as well. So there's lots of good, good resources to get you started if you're not ready to like have a face to face yet. Um, but definitely do reach out if you are. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much. I'll put the links to all of that in the show notes. Okay. Well, Christy, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit better. Thanks again for being on. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. The Compare Do Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Network of Podcasts. Check out lifeaudio.com for more.
before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.